going? Okay. I'm getting everything set up here. Um, short story. Of course, if you ask my folks, they say there's never a short story in Tim's talking. Um, but uh, <clears throat> John asked me, I got a, I happened to sit down at the computer Tuesday morning, and um, I had a couple things I needed to do. And um, as soon as I opened up uh, my IM account, John sent me a message. He goes, hey, I've been wanting to, wanting to ask you something. Will you preach this coming Sunday? Well, I really wasn't expecting that. Um, so I, I answered John um, my pretty much my response, and, and Cindy will share and agree with this. Is whenever we, we learned many, many years ago in, in, our, in our maturity, when you get asked something, you say, let me pray about it. And so that's what my answer was to John. I said, um, I'll get back to you soon, um, but I'm going to pray about it first. So I had a couple things I had to take care of. And uh, so I dealt with them. And then, I don't know, two hours or so later, I finally got that freed up. And I went into my quiet time and, and to pray. Now, as John said, I preached a while ago. Uh, it was on a Wednesday night, and that message, the title was The Biggest Loser. And if you remember, uh, the, the context of that was to just proclaim loud and clear, Satan, you are the biggest loser of all time. And here's why. You, are, you have already lost. You have nothing to gain except being stomper, stomped under our feet. And, um, and, and it went really well. I was very happy um, with uh, the way the Lord had uh, given me the words to share. But as a result of that, the thing that was in my heart was, although I talked a lot about having victory over Satan, I didn't really have an opportunity to really talk about us, us living in victory with Christ. And so... That, that had been in the back of my heart, John. I'd, I'd never shared that with anyone. That was just me and the Lord having that. And so when you asked me, I had a thought in my mind of what I would speak about, but I wanted to go to the Lord in prayer to that. So I finally got stuff taken care of, and I sit down on the recliner, and my, the remote control is usually sitting right here. Who can testify? You've got to keep the remote nearby, right? Okay, so the remote's right here. I sit down on the recliner. Somehow or another... The remote fell, which I don't recall that ever happening. Usually it falls off, but this time it fell down on the seat. And so when I sit down, I turn the TV on, which <laughs> had no plans of that. But the TV turned on, and it turned on to the Victory Channel. Remember what I told you about what I wanted to uh, talk about? It was in the back of my heart, Victory in Christ. It, the Victory Channel turned on. And it was Kenneth Copeland, uh, and he was, he was on. And the first words that come out of Kenneth Copeland's mouth was, remember, this is before I prayed. Kenneth Copeland said, today I want to speak to you with love and how victory is achieved through love. I didn't even pray. I didn't need to. I literally got right, turned the TV off, got right back up, went back to the computer, and I wrote to John, yes, I will be speaking on Sunday. Because God is so faithful, and I just want you to hear this. God is so faithful, so we can live in victories so complete and so assured of that, so much confidence, that I didn't even need to go to the Lord in prayer to ask him if I was to preach. He sent the message to me before I even got to even 
What, what's a church say when you hear that kind of a testimony? Amen. Amen. Okay. I just wanted to share that. Now, um, I know the website, and as even said this morning, I, I think it said that my title was We Serve an Awesome God. Um, we can still go with that, but I'm going to put a subtitle under that with what my note says. The title of today is, uh, is that um, love is what makes heaven, and the key word there is heaven, go around. You've heard the saying that's somewhat similar to that. Love is what makes heaven go around, and that's what we're going to speak about this morning. So my text today is in Luke chapter 6. Do we, do we have her up there? Starting with uh, verse 27 through verse 31. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic too. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that for you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then... And get this, then your reward will be great and your sons, and you will be sons of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Will you join me in a word of prayer to prepare us for the service? Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you that you are merciful because, Lord, we certainly need it. We have, each and every one of us have fallen so many times that because of your great mercy, your great grace, and your awesome love, we can still stand before you spotless, blameless, and covered in the sacrifice of your blood, the blood of your dear and precious son who made us whole, who set us free, who keeps us from having bondage and chains. And it's because of what he did that our relationship with you is possible. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. May your Spirit's presence be so thick in here this morning. I mean, just so wonderfully thick that we can't help but acknowledge that you are here. Lord, may my words only be your words. Holy Spirit, please help me to empty myself of all the baggage and, and garbage that, that the world would want to hinder me with. And may I just be filled with you. And may your words just flow through me like a river that flows at Judson. Only difference being, instead of damage being done, that your words bring healing. Thank you, Jesus. In your name. 
Jesus, let's pray. Amen. Amen. So as we talked earlier, um, the, we've heard the saying that love is what makes the world go around. But today we're going to be looking at how love makes heaven go around. And um, I think there's a, a, a nice distinction that we'll see today. Um, the passage here in Luke is, is a part of Luke's um, writings on the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's interesting that Luke's um, section of the Sermon on the Mount is much smaller than, than Matthew's, but that's okay. Um, Matthew is an eyewitness. He was there. Luke had to talk with people and get their stories. But let me just assure you, even though we're using Luke instead of Matthew today, there is not one thing that's in Luke that is missing. Luke wrote everything, everything that the Holy Spirit intended Luke to write. Luke had a different audience than Matthew. So Luke accomplished 100% the will of God when he wrote his passage here of the Sermon on the Mount that we'll be looking at today. Um, <clears throat> I almost forgot something. Um, I really need to be able to see sometimes. Those in the Sunday school class, you'll know that that's just a constant on, off, on, off. <laughs> um, yes, someday maybe I'll figure out how to do contacts and it won't be that way. Um, yes, be sure. Love is the main subject of our, um, of our message here this morning that the Lord has given us. And um, we'll be talking about what is love, what, is, what love is, what it isn't, what love does, and what it doesn't do. So that's some of the questions we'll be looking at and answering throughout the message. Um, but I and I also won't um, try to take um, some side uh, detours on this and and point out some things that the world says loves is love is, which is not what God says love is, and how the world has distorted what true love is, and um, we. So as a Christian, we, want, we don't want anything like what the world wants when it comes to love. We want what God says is love. So we'll, we'll take a look at that too. So um, um, in, in thinking of that, I, I thought this would be kind of a little fun gesture, maybe lighten up the atmosphere because we're kind of, maybe get a little heavy. I took and thought, well, what if the world would have written this passage in Luke of love, what would it sound like? What would it sound? So I uh, bear with me. This is not scripture. <laughs> this is poking fun at the world. Okay, I want to make sure you hear that. We're poking fun at the world. But this is how the world looks at this stuff. We already just read what Luke said. Now here's what the world would say if they were to write it. <clears throat> now listen up. You better keep a close eye on your enemies. But uh, don't have too much, if anything, to do with them. Keep them at a distance. And don't hesitate for one minute to give it back to someone who crosses you. And when you give it to them, give it to them good. If someone hits you, don't hesitate to retaliate and retaliate with vengeance. And make certain that they had it coming too. Give it to them good every chance you get. If someone takes takes from you what is yours, do whatever you need to do to get it back and never take no for an answer. 
kind of this is what the world, how they look at this kind of stuff. Do it to others before they have a chance to do it to you. Be nice only to those who are nice to you. There's no use you being nice to those that haven't earned your kindness. It's just a waste of your valuable time and energy. Plus, they really don't deserve it anyhow. If you lend to someone, make sure you get it in writing. Signed, dated, and notarized. You've worked hard for your money. And you deserve to get it back. And you might as well make a good profit at it while you're doing it. You take care of yourself. Because no one is going to look out for you. Isn't that how the world looks at this stuff? Very different very different than the way God looks at us and looks at love and relationships. So, you see, you see how to live at peace, really live at peace, is very different than the world pursues peace and love and relationship. And I'll guarantee you that the way God sees love and relationship is a much better way. Just like Paul ended his and in uh, Second First Corinthians, uh, let me show you a more excellent way. God's way is always much better than the world's. Very much so. Okay, <clears throat> so let's take a look at these verses that we had. We'll take a, a, a quick look at the verses that was lifted up there. Love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Well, this, as we've been saying, this is very different than the world looks at this. And, but unfortunately, unfortunately, and now we're going to take a little twist. Unfortunately, we don't always, as the church, look at it the way we should look at it either. Now, before anyone says, Tim was judging me this morning, let's just clear this up right now. I'm reading you God's word. Jesus said that he is the judge. And his words will judge you. I do no judging. If I read God's word and you're convicted, then you praise God that the Holy Spirit was in your heart and convicting you. I'm not judging a one of you this morning except me. I'll judge myself to get myself right. So how do you do about love? How, how, how are you when it comes to loving? Well, I've, I've gotten listed down here these little notes that says soul check. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to, do, I want you to give yourself a soul check here. Do you love your enemies? Do you do good to those that hate you? Well, let me ask you this. When is the last time you did something nice? I want you to think about this. This isn't just him talking. When's the last time you did something nice to someone that was mean to you? I should have given you this, uh, you guys upstairs that uh, have the Jeopardy theme ready that you could uh, play this right now. Um, think about that. When's the last time you were nice to someone that was mean to you? When was the last time you did some, something nice to someone that just doesn't like you? Well, let me uh, interject this thought now. If you had to think much at all, that's a problem. 
because that's right there is your first flag. Their first flag in this soul check, you got a problem. If you couldn't just immediately come up, this is what I did when they did this. The reason you didn't come up with that is because you're not doing it. Or you're not doing it as often as you should. Because it's, we, I live in the same world that you do. I live, you know, we live in the same place, central West Virginia. There's a lot of miserable people that live around here. There's a lot of bitter people. But that could have been, I, we used to, my, you know, my folks still live in PA, and I lived most of my life in, in South Central. It's the same there. It's no different. There's just a lot of bitter, angry, miserable people that live here. The bottom line is they don't know Jesus. They don't know the, they haven't been saved like I have. It's not an excuse, but they're coming from a different place. But that's no license for us not to love them. What did the verse say? Bless those that what? What's that? Curse you. Don't think that as a Christian, there ain't people out there cursing you behind your back. They are. If you don't know that, I'm just telling you, they do. They will. They're gonna. Because they're jealous of what you got. You have peace, joy, forgiveness, long-suffering, gentleness. They would love to have that, but they don't. And the reason they don't, they don't have Jesus. But you have it, and they're jealous, and so they're going to take every chance they get to knock you down a couple clicks so that you'll be miserable and as angry and as bitter as they are. The remedy, what did Luke say? Love them. Love them. One of my early spiritual mentors um, challenged me on this verse many, many decades ago. Um, He said, you know there's a lot of angry people out there. There's a lot of unlovable people. God commands that I love them anyhow, he said. And that's true. It's not a nice request. It's not a nice fuzzy feeling. It is a commandment. God says, love them. Whether they deserve it or not, and even if they don't deserve it, love them. Period. You have no excuse. Love them. Period. Okay. So let's go to the next verse. Let's go to the next verse. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. We could do the same thing here. When's the last? Soul check. When's the last in your prayer time? Before we were just talking about doing something nice. Here we're going one step further. When's the last that in your prayer time you lifted up somebody that you have had struggles with? How long's it been? And if you can't come up with something immediately, the same thing applies. That's a problem. It's a problem. Because we still live in that world full of miserable and angry and bitter people. And I'm guaranteeing you, there's people doing you dirty. 
You might want to brush it off and not think about it, but it's happening. It, it will happen. It's going to happen. Until Jesus comes back, that's the way this world's going to be. And it ain't going to change anytime soon. Are you praying for them? See, the problem is they're stuck in this muck. And until they receive the same Jesus that we have received, they're stuck. And there's no hope for them. None. Until they get the same Jesus that we have. And, and, it, and it may just be that it is your assigned divine appointment for them. And if you don't do it, well, you know what's going to happen. They're still stuck in the muck. And they still have no hope. And they're still residents eternal hell's fire. So when that person does you dirty, this may just be sent just for you to get on your knees and to have your heart broken enough that you will take the time and pray for them so that some good happens in their life. And maybe that will be the catalyst that changes them, that they will not be as bitter. And maybe they'll be and be the catalyst that'll be open when someone tries to plant the seed of Jesus into their heart and their mind, and they'll be open to it. Let's face it, when your heart is full of bitterness and anger, you're not open to a lot of good. All you want to do is just keep just mauling and, and just keep repeating that bitterness and that anger. I know. I, I've been stuck in that trap too. Even though I know better, it's easy to do. I'm not proud of it happens when you need Jesus to come and to give you a wake-up call. They need Jesus too. Keep your divine appointment that God's given you. Help them out of the muck. If someone strikes you in a cheek, turn him the other one also. A lot of this is going to be the same scenario, just keep repeating with you know, different, uh, different aspects. Have you ever been struck? Has someone ever struck you? you know, this may not be as much as the other. You may have someone actually slap you in the face or push you or hit you. But I can tell you what they have done is the same thing. Is people have assaulted you with their words. Now that one I know you can say, oh yeah. Oh yeah, that happened to me. And words hurt, don't they? Doesn't matter whether their words, their, what they said was true or not. Just the fact that they said it, it hurts. Sometimes we allow them words to, to, to be darts and it sticks. And it hurts. Well, what's the remedy that uh, Luke gives us here that the Holy Spirit said? <laughs> be nice back to them. If they want to say mean things, let them say it. it. It is not, you know, the world would say, you have a right to come back at them and to say, you're wrong, you're a liar, you know that's not true. Who do you think you are? That is not right. And you're, you're slandering me in front of it. See what you just did? You just got caught up in their anger and their bitterness and their muck. Remember, Jesus has a better way. When the words come at you, even though they're wrong and they're false, and even though they hurt, 
you need to respond back like Jesus did. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because they don't. They only know one thing, anger, bitterness, the way of Satan. But, but you're called to be different. Be different. Don't, don't react like the world does. And that's, how, and that's how they can see there's something about that person. He's, she is different. They, they, you know, I give it to them, but they didn't give it back to me. They smiled. And they said something nice. If you want to catch them off guard, do that. They don't know how to respond to that. You'll stop them in their tracks. I've done it. I know. They don't, you literally, you just take away their, 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 all their ammunition. Because they don't know how to handle that. But I can guarantee you one thing, they stop. Because it's, it's, it's different. You're called to be different because you're a Christian. Be different. Don't respond like everyone else with, your, with the bitterness, with the anger, with the retaliation, with the strong words. You don't even need to defend yourself. Why? Because you have someone defending you. Who is that? Who's defending you? Who's at the right hand of God as, as your defendant, defending you? Jesus. You don't even need to defend yourself because you already got the creator of the universe at the right hand of God saying, ah, that, that's not true. What, what they said is false. It's not true. It, it, it can't stick, Father. It's not true. Be away. And I'll take that defend, defender any day. So you don't need to defend yourself. Let Jesus do the work. Nothing makes him happier than be there for you. That's for sure. Next verse. If someone takes your cloak, do not, do not stop from him from taking your tunic either. And give to anyone who asks of you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Next soul check. Are you really a generous person? If I would ask any one of you as a little survey in the hallway, I don't know if there's one person in here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm generous. But when you stand before God, he asked you, were you generous when this situation came? Is that going to be the same answer? Ain't going to be a lie to him. He knows. Are you generous? What's some of the ways? Are you the first in line to respond in a need? Or when John lifts or Pastor Doug lifts something up here about something that needs to be done, or are you the first one that puts your head down and sneaks out the door? Or are you the first one to volunteer? If someone, let's, let's make this question a little different. If, if someone would ask another person, you know, so-and-so, is he generous? Is she generous? Would they give the same answer as you did? People know. People know who you are. You might think you fool people. <laughs> you don't. You're just fooling yourself. Most times, 
yeah, you try to talk yourself into something. It's really not true. Um, why is this one important as well? Um, I'm hoping we got on the same page with the verses. 1 John 3, 16 and 17. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay our lives down for our brothers. And 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, okay, now listen, this is the whole key, has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? I'm not judging you. Those words from the, from the Holy Spirit is the one doing the judging and convicting. And we all know someone that's in need, don't we? I don't think there's a person in here that can say, I, oh, I don't know anybody that has any needs. Well, let's start being the first in line. Let's start making it obvious that we're generous because God has been generous to you. And I don't want to hear, but I got these bills. There ain't no bill that you got in the mail that God don't have a plan for. Not one. Give, and it shall be given to you. Did you ever hear that before? Yeah. When God sends a need, and I believe this with all my heart, when God sends a need to you, he's calling you. And he's also letting you know, I have a plan. But you need to answer the call. You need to do what needs to be done. And let me worry about the rest. Any amens to that? Any praise the Lord's to that? Because it's true. He does have a plan. He always has a plan. There is nothing that can come into your life that he doesn't already know about. Understand it. Understand why it happened. And he also knows what he's going to do and has a plan to restore you. And it's a good plan. Every time. But are we willing to get in his will? Are we willing to get in the river and, and walk down the river? Or cross the river like the Israelites did. Flood stage and they walked in there with the Ark of the Covenant. And as every step they took, the water receded. And it says, Scripture says, when they walked across that river, at flood stage, they didn't walk in mud. What did they walk on? Dry land. And all it took for them to just step into the flooding water. So where's your faith? Are you willing to step into God's plan? And allow his will and blessing to take care of the rest. <clears throat> do to others as you would have them do to you. We often hear this referred to as what? Golden rule. Yeah, so this isn't foreign to us. We've heard this. Uh, how many of you knew that that was actually scripture? Did you know it was actually scripture? Yeah. It's actually God's word, the golden rule. The next soul check. You, 
you know what makes you happy, right? I mean, we all, we all know what brings, you know, the little twinkle in her eye, what brings, her, brings us joy. You know, if I was to ask my son, who I um, thank God is here with me this morning, what would I give him joy this morning? <laughs> what would it be, son? <laughs> yeah, attempt. Or, or ask Bryce on Saturday when he went out in the morning, what would have brought you joy? Did you get joy? Yes, he did. Look at the smile on his face. We know what brings us happiness. It's not a surprise. But do you do those things to others? Obviously, you can't give someone a buck. I mean, that was just a little funny side note this morning. But you know what makes you happy. Does it make you happy when someone buys you lunch? Well, if you want to be obedient to this verse, what do you do? You buy someone else a lunch. Right? If something makes you happy is if someone um, helps you on a chore around the house, what's, what does this verse tell you to do? Go help someone else with a chore around their house. You know, the, um, Chapman, I can't think of his first name, but he wrote something called the love languages, you know, that, that love those, your, your spouse or your, those around you in a way that makes you feel loved. Well, it's the same, that's the same thing here. You know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Too often we say, oh my, I got so much work to do. I don't have time. Oh Lord, I wish I would have never said that, but I said it for decades. I don't have enough time. I'd love to help you, but I don't have the time. Well, maybe if I was obedient to this verse, do unto others as you, as, as you would have them do unto you. I would have not wallowed in my busyness. I would have went and helped them because they needed help. And then God would have been, then, remember we just talked about this? That would allow then God to open up his floodgates and bless me. But because I just wallowed in my burden of I don't have time, I didn't do unto others as I wanted them to do unto you, so God couldn't bless me in that way. I was my own worst enemy. Can anyone out there say, yeah, that's me too? Okay, be honest, it is. You fill in the blank. Maybe it's not time for you, but you fill in the blank. You do that, just like I did with time. Stop doing that. Do what you know you need to do. Remember, if God sends a needs to you, that's your call. You need to fill it. And, um, and have the faith that God will provide the rest. All right. So, we've talked about these verses now. And um, that's, the, that's the one complaint I have, John, here in the sanctuary. I need a clock back there so I know where I'm at. <laughs> no, I brought my phone, so I just tapped it. Oh, there is. Oh, does everybody know this? <laughs> I ain't got no excuse now. I, I didn't even know I was there. <laughs> All right. So I see the time. I'm not happy about that, but um, let's talk about a few more things. So what is love? And this is what I wanted to get to as well. Um, what is God's understanding of love? What does, it, when God's, and you've heard the verse in 1 John, 
um, I think it's 5.8, it, it says God is love. So when God says he is love, what does that mean? Well, we've all heard the, the you know, the Greek words that's in the New Testament translated um, love, you know, agape and, and phileo, and there's others. There's eros, which is the uh, romantic, um, exotic kind of love. There's there's storge, which is the family kind of love. There's zeno, which is which is the love that you have for people you don't know. And there's all different kinds of Greek loves, um, and we've heard all of those. But what the Lord put in my heart is that's not the beginning of love, the New Testament. The love of God, God is love, existed long before Jesus came and died. So it, it led me in my study to go back to the Old Testament to love. What does Hebrew the, the, um, say about love? The first mention of love in the Bible, which is the Old Testament, and I, I may be out of uh, order here now, um, and I apologize, but Genesis 22, um, Genesis 22, it says, then God said, take your son, and God's speaking now to Abraham, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the, one of the mountains that I will tell you about. But this is the first uh, place in, in the Old Testament where love is. It's interesting that um, this is a, a parental kind of love that, that God had used as a reference. But the word that's found here, the Hebrew word that's found here, is a word that I'll do my best to speak uh, Hebrew. It's ave, of ave. Now, of ave has three, you know, if you think of a stool, we have three legs to a stool. Ave has three components, which has to be there in order for ave to exist. The first uh, uh, component is love, avave love has to exist within without a cause. So what does that say? Well, you just love because. You just love. God just loves. God didn't need you to do something just right before he loved you. Can you say amen to that? He just loves you. Why? Because God is love. He doesn't need a cause. He doesn't need anything other than he is love. That's the first leg of, of the compo or component of ave. Uh, 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 ave. That's a tough one for me. My tongue just does not respond well <laughs> to that word. Um, the second one is... <clears throat> Oh, I wanted to tell, and I know we're getting late, but I wanted to tell this. this one, this, here's, a, here's an example of my life, and in Sunday school class, I'll tell you, I, I, like, I like to be transparent because it's real. Um, in my life, what's an example of uh, all day? In uh, March 14th, 1978, I was... Um, Hornswaggle into taking a young lady to a birthday party. <clears throat> She's sitting back there. I already was in this dating thing with someone else, but she just needed a ride. My girlfriend got grounded 
wasn't allowed to go to the birthday party. So I said I would take this young lady, pick her up, and be a taxi for her. In a couple weeks, here's what I did. Sitting out in her parents' driveway, I asked her to marry me. Because I just knew I loved her. See, I had prayed to God to send me a woman that I could love. And I knew at age 16 that God answered that prayer. And we had only been together for days and a couple weeks. And I asked her to marry me. I just knew. God put that love in my heart. It, there was no cause. None whatsoever. I just knew. It was there. And I just, I just had to go with it. That's the way I'll, this leg of this stool of Alvalde goes. It's just there. There's no cause. There's nothing to initiate it. It's just there. Okay, the, the uh, second leg of the stool of Avave is it has to be given. Avave love cannot be kept. It doesn't exist, really, until it's given. That's when Avave really shines. All you need is the capacity of the love and the opportunity to give, and then it's given freely. It's just given. That's the way Avave work. It's kind of like um, if you have a bank account, there's money in the bank. You even though the, the account says the money's there, you really don't, in reality, the money isn't there until you spend it, right? Swipe the debit card. You know, that's when it's spent. That's when it's given. The money's given. Other than that, it's just you have the capacity to spend it. But when you spend it or it's given, that's when it becomes spent. Avalve is the same way. Deuteronomy 10, 12. Oh, we'll come back to that one. Don't, don't uh, lose that, and I'll come back to that again. Can you, Deuteronomy 10, 12. Now, oh, now is, O oh Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to what? To love him and to serve him with all, serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your might. You have to give it away. You could say, I love God, but if there's no fruit hanging from that tree to prove it, according to Alve, you didn't show your love. It didn't exist. So what have you done to love the Lord your God? And can you say that you're obedient to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? Is all day long every waking moment of yours proving that you love him and that you serve him? It's a big request that God can help us walk in that. Um, the third one, the third area of the stool is once given, Avave immediately creates a connection between the two parties, immediately. When I said yes to take this young lady as a taxi driver to that party, 
God already had in place that. He knew what his plan was. And from the moment Cindy got in my car, actually dad's car, I already knew I had a connection with that woman before we even got to the party. I just knew. My connection was, that's the way of all a love works, a connection. And once that connection, it, it isn't broken. It's unbreakable. You can't break God's love for you. I don't care what you do. Never, under no circumstance, can you break that love. And I better hear more than that one little half yawn amen on that one. You cannot break God's love for you no matter what you do. Never. Even, even with Satan saying to you, oh, I did such a terrible thing or I'm such a bad person, that doesn't matter. God still loves you for all eternity. Amen. Thank you, God. All right. So, now we'll, we'll, we'll kind of come to a close here. I want to, can you put that, um, that, uh, that Hebrew word up, of Ave? I, I just want to take just a quick moment and, and, and look at this. This is, in Hebrew, the way uh, Ave is spelled. Now, if, you're, if you know um, about Hebrew, Hebrew is not writ, um, read from left to right. It's from right to left. So the first letter is over here. That, that letter is alf. I'm sorry, alef, alef. The next letter is pronounced hey, like hey. <laughs> That's what that one is, hey. The next letter is bite, and the next letter is, is, is hey again. Now, the other really cool thing about Hebrew is every letter is a story. Every word is a story. There's a story behind the letters and the words. Now, I just wanted to tell you, because this is beautiful. Um, for, if you look at Aleph, the first letter, the story goes like this. It is, literally means ox. But then, figuratively, it means strong leader. But ultimately, it means God the Father. Remember I said it's a story? So, that one, in that one letter, it starts ox to strong leader to God the Father. Hey literally means um, a man lifting up his hands to heaven and his eyes to heaven. So that's what hey means, um, literally. Figuratively, it means to reveal, and ultimately, it means to behold. And then the third um, letter, bite, it literally means one who comes out of the house, figuratively, the son who comes out of the house, and ultimately, it refers to God's son. So now, I shared all that to get to this point. So when you look at that word, ave, which is love, here's what it says. The strong leader, God the Father, lifts up his hands to reveal the one who comes out of the house, the son who comes from heaven, so lift up your eyes to heaven, behold the sun. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what Avave, the story of Avave is for us. Now, 
now that we've said that, let's let's take a look at uh, um, let's take a look at something in the New Testament. Have you ever heard a verse called John three sixteen? Okay, we're going to say it now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. All right, now let's think of that verse in the story of Evolve. We have, <clears throat> we have, for God so loved the world, he already exists. He gave his only begotten son. Remember, Avalve, the third, the three stools, the legs and three stools. He gave his only begotten son. He's giving that whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have eternal, everlasting life. The connectivity forever. You see how Alvave plays out? Um, so, and if you take Alvave and, and make a sentence in the story, it's the strong leader, God the Father, lifts up his hands to reveal the one who comes out of the house, the son who comes from heaven. So lift up your eyes, behold the son. God is good. Okay. I want to make sure you weren't just with your eyes open but sleeping. God is good. Amen. Amen. So, with the evidence that's been presented this morning, do you realize the importance of love? And how important it is for you to be very in, intentional. You know, it's easy to just go with the flow kind of thing. But are you going to be in you know, and, and have it in your intentions that I'm going to be used by God to love my enemies, to bless those that curse me, to give to those that need it. Are you intentional? Are you intentional in believing that God has a plan and that if you're willing to step into his river, the flood of this world, but address needs, that he's got a plan and he will take care of it and the plan is good and you will be blessed more than you can ever imagine because you are willing and obedient, and faithful to be used by God. You have to be intentional. You can't be flipping about it. You have to be intentional. You have to wake up in the morning and say, as my feet hits us today, people are going to know that my God is love, and he uses me to love every one of you. Can you do that? Will you do that is really the question. God is love, and if he lives in you, love lives in you. And so you can't keep it. You have to give it, and you have to make those connections. And let me just end with this thought. This thought. This thought. Pulse. I've heard it said in classrooms. I've heard it said in this sanctuary that we want to grow. You know what? Show love. Pulse, do you want to grow more? Pulse, show more love. There's no excuse. Jesus, God the Father sent his only begotten son to die for you so that you could have a relationship with God the Father through that shed blood. Much has been given for you. He's not asking much. 
The fact he's at, he's asking so little, he's willing to make it better for you just by loving instead of retaliating. Pulse, do you want to grow? Love more. Love more. Pulse, do you want God to move here in Braxton County? Then we need to start showing love. We need the community. We need Braxton County to know that love resides here. Always. Because God resides here. And everywhere we go, we are his ambassador of love. And that we are going to let people know that God is love and his love flows through us. Right? And when you do that, when we do that, when our heart's desire is intentional to be loved everywhere we go, these walls will not contain the souls that God brings us. can't contain if we're willing to be used by God. Well, in closing, one minor but very important thought. If you are here today in this, these walls, or if you're listening today out there in the WWW, and you don't know Jesus like I know Jesus, and have accepted him as your Lord, and your Savior, I have good news for you. Today just might be your lucky day. And I hate that word luck. But I don't know, I just kind of come out because it's a worldly thing to say. I'm trying to get your Today may be your day. Today may be the day adorned, ordained from the creation of the universe where God says, do you know that on December 5th, 2021, and your name's in here. He accepted me as Lord. Praise Jesus. If you're here or you're out there and hearing this, I pray that today you'll be obedient to that leading. And you say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I'm tired of living like this. I hate the way it's been. But I know you have a plan. And I know the plan's in place. And all I got to do is say, Jesus, forgive me and come into my heart. If you've done that, tell somebody. Write to the Paulson on their message. Talk to me, John, Doug, one of the other uh, leaders of this church so that we can rejoice with you. Rejoice, why? Because if you've done that today, your name was written in an ink that cannot be erased in the Lamb's Book of Life, and it will be forever there. And it's the start of your new address for eternity that you will be a resident of heaven and that Jesus lives in your heart from now on. Praise the Lord. And Father, I just thank you that you have given us this time to talk with you, for you and about you. May we have a sense of your love and may we freely give it to others and connect you with them. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Don't forget, if you did that, you need to tell someone so that they can rejoice with you. Because today was ordained is your day.
anyone has any burdens that they want to bring to the altar and it's been said that the altar is the place where something dies yes that is true but also the altar is a place where things are forgiven that they die but they are forgiven and they are removed for eternity you feel the need the altar is open you will find Jesus and the Holy Spirit there to cleanse you and to set you free. How he loves us both. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us all.
awesome sermon. Praise God to him. Amen. Appreciate those that came today to be a part of this service. And, you know, one of the things that I thought about is we're always sowing. We're always planning and we're always sowing. And, man, if we're sowing discord and we're not sowing love, it's going to grow whatever we're sowing. You know, it will grow. And then you got to deal with it. It's like weeds in the yard, isn't it? For sure. God's faithful. God is so faithful. Don't forget about next Sunday morning, uh, we'll be eating, and then uh, ugly sweater competition that we have. Yeah, come up. Hit the lights. Got one right there. I'm sure it's loud.